hello everyone. I'm Reverend Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters, Episode 4. So let's settle in to find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are, and be reminded that the holy transcends our physical bodies, and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. Today's podcast is titled, Where is God in the Unknown? So I want to start by asking you a question, and I'd like you to really answer this question. How are you? Sometimes we just say that in passing, if we see someone at the grocery store or on the street, but I really want to know, how are you? How are you doing with this chaos colliding into our lives and consuming everything around us? Because no doubt you have been impacted in some way. Now, you may also be tired of hearing about this as I am because you get to fill in the blank here. So much has happened in 2020. What is rising up for you as I ask you, how are you? It certainly has brought some serious crisis moments for us. But I'm going to invite you today to consider the spiritual perspective about 2020 because it is here and it is asking for space. A space that I hope by the end of this podcast provides you with some footing for some deep introspection and some soul work, perhaps some restorative care and some healing. So let's stay here together and find the sacred in life as we know it right now, not as we hoped it was going to be or where we hope we are going, where we are right now. One of the phrases I've heard so often in 2020 is, I cannot wait for life to get back to normal. But I think this earth that sustains us here, it's been inviting us for quite a while to reconsider What exactly is normal? So there's this silly meme that's going around um, that's called the hold my beer joke. So some of you might be aware of it, but if you're you're a boomer like I am, maybe you don't. But what it looks like is someone is is either facing an insurmountable challenge or some kind of amazing physical um, accomplishment, and you think it's just absolutely impossible, then someone Uh, you know, in the other part of the meme says, hold my beer, and they're about to outdo them in some way. They're quite cute. So some of the examples are like uh, the meme image is of the city of Chicago. And on the top part, it shows uh, the city in a beautiful, bright, sunny day. And the caption says, you can't fit all the seasons of the year into one week. And then the split screen at the bottom, it shows the city of Chicago's landscaping again, and it's completely covered in snow, and the caption says, hold my beer. So you get it. Chicago outdid it and was able to fit all the seasons of the year into one week. And another one I like is of the actor Heath Ledger, who was phenomenal playing the Joker in the movie The Dark Knight. So he's he's at the top in character as the Joker, and it says no one played the Joker better than Heath Ledger. The bottom screen, however, shows an image of Joaquin Phoenix also in character as the Joker. So if you haven't seen the movie Joker, it's, it's worth seeing. And the caption there says, Joaquin answers by saying, hold my beer, because his 
character in the Joker was absolutely phenomenal as well. So that's what this means. So the earth meme for Hold My Beer shows the earth in the, in the top part of the image. And it says that life as we know it can't just be switched off. And the bottom parts shows something about the coronavirus and the earth saying, hold my beer. Because that is exactly what has happened to us in 2020. It's as if we've had to flip a switch and learn how to navigate life in a different way. And let me be very honest here. As we think about what your desire may be about getting back to normal, I believe that normal is not attainable after 2020. I believe that normal should not be our goal. Because I think that trying to get back to normal is actually setting the bar really low. And some of that can be rooted in just denial or deflection or detachment. What I mean by that is if we think about getting back to normal, then we can just completely numb out some of the things that we've had to consider while navigating this pandemic and this crisis that we've found ourselves in. Okay, so here we are. I'm bursting right through the gate to tell you what I'm going to be talking about. And that might be uncomfortable for you if I ask you to consider life not returning to normal. But there's also this notion that if we're looking at trying to increase our awareness and move in our spiritual path and live from a spiritual place, normalcy can also be seen as inhibiting our spiritual growth. So we're going to go a little deeper here and then we'll back up and talk more about just this idea of normalcy and living in crisis. But if normal was truly a space where authenticity, mindfulness, groundedness, and awareness lived, then many of us wouldn't be desperate for its return. Now think about what I just said. If that is where authenticity lived, we wouldn't be desperate for it. But a lot of times, normal is where we live when we want to be comfortable, where we don't want to be pulled out of our comfort zone. But if we were grounded in our beliefs and our faith and our understanding of the universal law of change, we would also see that normal's not going to fix this because what has arisen a lot in 2020 is about values and beliefs. Those conversations shouldn't stop happening just because an election happens or a crisis with the pandemic is over. A lot of things have changed within families, within belief systems, within your spiritual communities, your church, your families. Those conversations should continue. So what fixes this situation, this crisis that we're in, is our willingness to embrace and understand that nothing is normal. Nothing ever stays the same. That nothing in life is guaranteed. Now that may sound new age to you, but it's actually incredibly mystical and powerful. And it's also grounded in our Christian faith as well. So opportunity can often be birthed out of chaos, challenge, and the unexpected. And what I mean by that is that if you have the opportunity to face 
a crisis or a challenge with a new set of eyes and a new perspective and a willingness to learn from that, then you can also see that no matter what happens at the end of this crisis, you are going to be a changed person. So then normal is relative. How can you go back to normal if you are changed? So if we overstructure our lives and demand comfort, that's when we don't want to change. That's where we get comfortable in our comfort zones and we don't want to see other people's views or other people's perspectives. We become so firmly rooted in our beliefs and our inability to see another's challenges or pain and that causes some of the divide. So if that's the case, doesn't it make sense that some of what's happening with this tension that we're seeing in, in our nation right now, especially here in America, comes from a place of not willing to see another's perspective? In other words, if we, have, we can have compassion for someone else as long as it doesn't collide with our comfort level. And I believe that 2020 is definitely colliding with all of our comfort levels. But there's another way to look at this. What if we accepted the invitation of nature inviting us to dance? But not in ways that you may imagine. So in other words, if you think about at the beginning of this pandemic, there were all kinds of stories that were showing up talking about the way that nature was healing itself as the earth went to sleep, as humans got out of their natural condition of working and polluting the air and animals were being invited into spaces that they normally aren't found. So if you're like me, you probably, based on the numbers, this, this image was shared millions of times, I believe on Twitter is where it started, but you may have seen it on any uh, social media platform. But it was an image of dolphins and swans returning to the Venice canals in Italy. There's one problem with that image, even though it was shared thousands of times, millions of times actually, as if it were real, it was not. It was, those were all fake images. I think even some news um, stories caught that image and talked about it as if it were fact. But those pictures were taken, some, taken someplace else, not even close to Venice, and someone just put a screen grab with it and a text and said, oh, look what's happening in Venice, and we all believed it. Now that's a whole other story we could talk about sometime about our gullibility and our need to be more careful about the news that we're digesting, but we won't go there today. There was also another story about elephants getting into a vineyard because all the workers had left and they had found some uh, vats of wine and, and fell drunk and asleep and the images were there. And those images were from years ago. They weren't even relative at all to the, to the pandemic. But here's the situation. The reason why we are so hungry and craving those kinds of images is because we want to believe that the earth has the capacity to heal from any of the damage that we have inflicted upon it. So that's us romanticizing our existence here on the earth. But what we do know is that the earth quieted enough to such a level that scientists were able to hear rumblings deep inside the earth that they've never heard before. Now that is a fact. So with the earth being more quiet, the earth was speaking to us. The air was cleaner. And here's a, here's a cute one, that observation that some people had that they uh, were reporting that birds were singing more loudly. Now, isn't that just adorable? They're not singing more loudly. It's that we are more quiet and we can hear them. And I think it's wonderful that people were aware 
of the birds around them. Oftentimes, as a side here, I'll be in a large city and I'll be standing in the middle, not in the middle of the street, but on the sidewalk, and I'll purposefully close my eyes to hear if I can if I can observe anything in nature in all the chaos of the big city. Maybe that's the country girl in me, but it's also an, an easy way to uh, have meditation in the moment wherever you are. So try that sometime and let me know how that goes for you. But this quieted earth certainly turned out to be temporary because the earth is waking up as parts of the country and the world start to reimagine their normal and come out of the pandemic. And normal truly depends on where you are located. And because I do have that small international audience, it's important to know that what that looks like for us in our Amer- here in America is different than what's happening in France. Because right now, America... You know, whether you believe it or not, America is spinning out of control right now during this pandemic. And we certainly are under pressure because of our political clashes and the social injustices that we are seeing that are causing great chasms between people and their beliefs and values. But everywhere you look across this landscape in America right now, there's no normal to be seen unless you just look at nature because fall has come upon us and and the earth is changing. The lights are the nights are getting uh, longer, the air is getting cooler. So normal can invoke this false sense of reality that ensures this tension may ease temporarily, but it will indeed rise again. That's the danger of normal. Now I'm recording this podcast right after September, we honored uh, 9-11 here in America. And I saw so many posts about honoring that horrific day, but also I saw so many posts about how 9-11 was considered one of, the, um, one of America's great unifiers because we all rose above our beliefs and our values and disagreements to unite and heal as a country. And some that remember World War II remembered that same kind of unity and camaraderie that that when the country came together to fight a global enemy. But it's very hard for me to acknowledge the unity of World War II without recognizing the divide caused by the Vietnam War. Now, but now most analysts consider the Vietnam War a huge mistake where thousands of American lives were lost for no, for no gain. So normal then is relative to a specific time period and social construct because values change, beliefs evolve. So while the sentiment behind those posts longing for country unity are well-intentioned, because even for me, I remember the unity from 9-11 where all of us were just glued to our TV and remember just feeling like America. Just we were all American and we were all so worried about those who were still stuck in the towers and what was happening. There was also a lot of fear, but we were in it together. But there isn't one issue that's happening in our country right now that is inviting unity. The pandemic is divisive. The uh, social justice issues are divisive. Religious beliefs are divisive. And really, none of those should be divisive because If we view them through the filter of our beliefs, then our desire should be to find a common place where we can all work together. But I'm gonna stop here because I'm not going to get political. If I, right at that point, we're at a why and I can, in the road, and I can see where even in my mind, I want to go to the places in my 
heart where I what my political values are, what my spiritual beliefs are. And I don't want that to create a divide here. So we'll save that conversation for another day. Let's just stay here and do some soul work together and get back to the things that I said earlier. Normal is not attainable in 2020. Normal should not be your goal that is setting the bar really low. I believe that God is not found in the normal. So if we shift our thinking that normal should not be the expectation, if you just think about normal not being something that we want to return to, what arises for you? Are there challenges? Are there fears? Are there concerns? Or are there opportunities and ways that you could move your life or your conversations with those you love or those with whom you work or those with whom you worship? Are there opportunities there for you to create some kind of dialogue that wasn't there in the first place? Because if you believe like I do that spirituality is everywhere, then God is everywhere. So let's just look at community and with the through the lens of God being in our community. So if we would return to normal in community, that means that we are returning to a class of jobs that we felt were non-essential. And those class of jobs are related to this, the food supply chain. But what the pandemic taught us is that is simply not the case. Those jobs are absolutely essential because many of us became very aware of how fragile that chain is when the shelves at the grocery store became bare and toilet paper was nowhere to be seen. And I don't know if you've noticed, but you still have limits on disinfectants and antibacterial and anything that's got bleach in it and even toilet paper. So we're not out of those supply chain demands yet. These frontline workers, they are, they are paid the least, they have the least resources, the least benefits, and they had the highest exposure to the risk because of the nature of their jobs. I don't want to go back to that normal. I want to reevaluate what we need to do for these employees and how they were treated. They all demanded that they get back to work, and so they weren't able to take advantage of the $600 week incentives or any of those other incentives. And I'm certainly not denying anybody that blessing of those incentives or even the other frontline workers who in the healthcare uh, industry who have become so vital to our healthcare during this pandemic. But these front food supply workers um, are the most fragile because they don't have the opportunities that other employees do. Okay, switching gears, I also want to talk about education for a minute because it also shouldn't be normal. All of a sudden, we became very creative with our hybrid teaching systems. And there are, even though it's not across the board, but there are teachers and there are students inside that environment of online learning who are absolutely thriving. So if with what we know about right now with the U.S. education system, we are continuously declining. I believe in one of the things I read, uh, in, uh, the America, United States of America ranks like 27th or 17th, somewhere in there, in the world uh, educational system, and that's not very good. 
So we keep having problems with funding education at the level we should. We're not investing to keep good teachers. So this pandemic offered us a glimpse to new possibilities. So perhaps we could look at asking, instead of asking kids to just fit a certain model of education, did the pandemic give us an opportunity to look at different ways that we can educate children so that parents aren't looking to private or charter schools but can, can look at public education as another way of being able to educate our children as adequately as they should, it's certainly something we need to consider. And businesses certainly had to get creative with many reporting that a la- large chunk of their workforce will not return to the workplace. So that's certainly going to be different for them. I know several people in my family who are now full-time working at home and will not go back to work. So that brings us down to the level of the individual. All of this comes back to you. So I'm going to ask you again how the same question when I started this podcast, how are you really doing? Where or how is God showing up for you in this season of the unknown? Because the chances are good that you have not only been impacted professionally or um, financially, but also emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. We also know that during this past year, depression diagnoses have skyrocketed. So especially when you consider the lack of community that's so important to the human connection, we've lost our support base with our friends, with your spiritual community perhaps, or with restaurants being closed, events being canceled, and yet we love and crave that human bond. But have you had the opportunity to find connection and community in different ways? Have you accepted this invitation to think beyond what normal was and move into the possibility of what living outside of this expectation of normal can be? Because sometimes if we're just stuck in the laurel of returning to normal, then we stay in this cycle of denial of what is in front of us right now. And I know that this can be very scary because there is no roadmap here. We are indeed living in difficult and challenging times, and this can be confusing. It can lead to worry. It can make you angry and also very resentful. So the question becomes, how do we find opportunity and creativity and peace and even balance in this season? How do we find God? And I'm not just talking about Sunday mornings. For those of you who are new to my ministry, you know I'm unchurched and I am spiritual but not religious. So with all due respect, I'm not as interested in what you are doing on Sunday as I am in how God shows up in your world the rest of the week. That is where the strength of your faith walk is, not on you showing up uh, on time on Sunday mornings. Your faith walk and your belief system and your spiritual truth exist in how you reflect that in the world. So if all you got for me right now is that you never miss church on Sunday, well, there and there is room for opportunity there, and this season of normal might be the place for you. So when you look at what's happening in the online forums right now, spiritual teachers and healers are offering all kinds of insight in a multitude of ways that are very creative and very healing. But I know old habits die hard. Instead of reaching for those offering this kind of help, you're still looking to revert to the comfortable, but not necessarily the helpful patterns. 
So what ends up happening here, especially when you can't find anything that fits your normal, you're just set on your Friday nights looking a certain way, your your social life looking a certain way, your spiritual life looking a certain way. If there's any kind of brokenness that we're dealing with in our lives or any kind of coping mechanisms that we've used to offset worry or anxiety or fear, that can feel very comfortable right now. So the ego reaches back into spaces to say, hey, you haven't done this in a while. I'm feeling a lot of anxiety and worry. I'm here to protect you. Let's look at some of these coping mechanisms that you've used in the past. So this is where, of course, we all have seasons of stress or worry, but what kind of coping mechanisms are you leaning towards during this season of the unknown? Because it's real easy to move into maladaptive coping mechanisms. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here today just talking about the season of the unknown, but you know what they are. Whether you're overusing um, food, alcohol, binge watching, numbing out on social media, whatever it is, but but not giving you something that can give you constructively past whatever anxiety or anxious moments or depression that you're feeling right now. It kind of gets you stuck and it kind of glosses over. Any one of those things where you say afterwards you feel worse than what you did before, then that's a maladaptive coping mechanism. Or you also know that it's something that can move you into an addictive behavior that you're trying to um, avoid from your past. So that is an invitation to look at what's not working for you and what kind of new coping mechanisms can you put in place? Because this season is about accepting that life as we know it, both as individuals and humanity, will simply never be the same. And if it means that we'll simply never be the same, then also considering things that we've done in the past that no longer work, it's time to figure out what is in us that keeps us moving back to those things and how we can bring forth a new level of discipline and self-care and self-love that will stay more present and more productive for us as we move through life. So maybe instead of uh, deflecting by binge watching on Netflix, and I'm not saying not do this all the time, there's some really good shows, but for the most part, if you're doing it every night, maybe it's time for some soft music and a candlelight and just some quiet. Instead of alcohol, maybe it's time to look for a meditation app and prayer or some kind of contemplative practice before bed. So maybe if you're absolutely exhausted after work and you feel like you can't move, maybe the body's actually craving physical movement. And it's the habit of just coming home and crashing that's causing the exhaustion. What would happen if you took the time to write letters to God about what you thought your life was going to be in 2020 and what it really is? What if you really went out of your comfort zone and looked for support groups on social media or on online forums? My friends, there's all kinds of creative things that are happening right now as people understand normal is not going to return. It's us. It's inviting us into new ways of connecting. And what if you got outside of yourself to see how others are hurting and suffering and what you can do to help that? There's always someone else needing help. And nothing will distract your mind more than being made aware of how you can help someone else. What a beautiful way to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. 
Because there is a spiritual moment here, beloved. The season of the unknown is inviting us to reconsider our world, our coping mechanisms, and our priority. And what I believe most importantly is our finding God in the world. So we can't just stay in old habits. It's time to grow and heal because the holy is here. Sacred is here. God is here. And blessed be and amen. Okay, now there will be podcast notes that will be uploaded where you can find all the references of anything I used for this podcast. Now, also, I end each podcast with a question. And today the question is, um, do you support other religions and spiritualities like witchcraft, Buddhism, and Islam? Well, I am an ordained interfaith, interspiritual minister. So interfaith means we embrace the many paths to God inside religion. And interspiritual means God is found outside of religion as well. So it's all sacred, it's all holy, because it all leads us back to that which we came, which is God. So I'm a Christian who is an ordained interfaith, interspiritual minister. But, and I do not have conflict with that. So the only thing I would add, I get this question a lot, especially um, in some of my social media following. I have several people who are Christian witches. And, and some people just absolutely go crazy about that title because they think that that is in conflict with Christian belief. And I simply don't believe it is. I believe scripture gives us uh, context to allow many seats at the table of spirituality. And we can get more into that. Maybe I'll do a teaching series on it sometime. But one of the things I always caution is, especially as, as, as with some of the earth-based religions, is that we don't get into something physical that that becomes the object of which we worship. So whether you're working with um, candles or any kind of ritual, or you bring herbs into it, or you bring in um, gemstones or anything like that, those items are reflective of the creation of this universe, of the the God creator that made it all, not just the things that become part of our ritual, but the human vessels that we are, that inhabit our soul, that takes care of our soul while we're here having this physical experience. So I always say just to make sure that, um, in in my opinion, that what it, wherever your spiritual path, it's about finding ritual and meaning in that, that allows you, that points you to God. That's how my faith shows up. Okay, beloveds, I'm honored to be in this space with you, and I pray you receive something. I know I did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear. And now go in peace, be at peace, and be the peace. Go in love, and may you be loved, and may you give love. Go and know that others are on this journey with you, and you are not alone. And may you have blessings on your week. Bye for now. If you like what you heard today, be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. To submit questions to Rev Carla, email us at spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com. Follow at Rev Carla on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Check out her blog posts on revcarla.com and go ahead and sign up for email alerts while you're there so you don't miss a thing. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.